Are you ready, kids? Oh, we better change the lyrics or we'll get sued. Salty speculation with your co-host Nick and some Scottish dude. Salty speculation. If awesome stories be something you wish. Salty speculation. Then shut up and we'll tell you some. Hello, everybody. It's Salty Speculation back once again for a fantastic episode where you will be delighted by tales of not, as you might expect, a sponge from the song, but tales of pirates. And that was the only piratey song I could think of. And to help me today is the swashbuckling pioneer, buccaneer, and all around terrible captain, Mr. JJ Pudding. Arr. Arr. Is that all you can say? Not I give you the intro of a lifetime and you give me arr. <laughs> I was not expecting any of that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the usual. Oh, hello, everybody. And today we're talking about pirates. <laughs> you just went off on one. And I was like half half impressed, half trying not to laugh and interrupt you. And at the same time going, where has this energy been for 20 episodes? <laughs> well, I can only do it for about five seconds and then I get tired. <laughs> I'm genuinely impressed that that is. Uh, oh, thank you. He had, I... he had a song. It had the word <laughs> some Scottish dude in it and it rhymed. <laughs> Well, to a point. I mean, I couldn't find anything to rhyme with wish, so I just thought I'd cut it. Absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed, and uh, I, oh, hope that set, I hope that sets the tone for the app. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought I'd, you know, just uh, use my singing voice. As, I mean, I've, uh, I've always thought, and I'm sure our listeners will agree, that I, I, I've always wished that you would spontaneously burst into song more. Um and and you fulfilled my wish today. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> Happy it. it's, birthday. <laughs> it's, it's shaping up to be a brilliant Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a great day. <laughs> it's always a great day. It's, the sun's out a bit. Nick's singing. And we're talking about parrots. Oh, it's a great day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's only gonna get better from here. Or possibly worse. We don't know. <laughs> One or the other. But yeah, so we're going to talk about some pirates today. Um, obviously, everybody knows about pirates. Um, when you're a kid, you know, there's a period of your, your life where you're like, I want to be a pirate. That's what I'm going to be. And then like a then... real pirate as well, not like a not, not not like a Johnny Depp pirate where you're just, you know, <laughs> walking about flailing your hands a little bit going, ooh. Because that's yeah. all he ever does. That's what he does in the films. He just walks yeah. around and goes, Ew. and every now and then goes, shoot. It's weird. <laughs> savvy. So, oh, yeah, he says savvy occasionally. But we can't say that for copyright reasons. But we can rip off the entirety of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> 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 SpongeBob isn't a pirate. It's fine. <laughs> no, that's true. He's, he's, that's very I don't know why that, that was the most piratey song I could think of. It's got nothing to do with pirates. <laughs> It literally doesn't. It, it literally starts off with a pirate who doesn't even say R. I was going to say, it's just a pirate voice, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, that pirate voice is uh, is, is complete rubbish. Yes, because I'll tell you something. They are in mid-80s. That pirate <laughs> voice, as we all know, and the lingo. Absolute bollocks. Yeah, it never yeah, existed. It never existed. And, and I will tell you this. When I learned that, that was the most soul-destroying moment for me and my love of pirates, because I've always loved it the way that they talk. No, turns out that that is actually from a TV adaption of, of, uh, of Treasure Island from, I think it was the 50s, I think it was, uh, 40s, 50s, um, where, what's his face? I can't remember the guy who played the, the partner. But um, oh, no he, he uh, adopted pirate this. number three. Pirate number three, we shall call him. Uh, he adopted this this strange voice of army mateys, and yeah. when he did it, the rest of the cast started to follow, and they changed the the dialogue to match the way he was talking. And what had happened was they made the captain of the ship more pronounced with this way of talking. Hmm. And that is where we got pirate speech from. So it's not actually from piracy or tales of, of of back in the golden age it is literally from a film <laughs> yeah because you i always wondered because like obviously obviously accents and dialects like change over the course of history but like mm. there's no pirate recordings so you can't you know you, you got no idea and obviously pirates came from all around the world they would all sound completely different <laughs> mm. But it's a good point in saying that. As much as they all sounded completely different and they all didn't say are, I mean, pirates were the most tolerant people on the planet. 
They didn't care what your background was, where you were from, what color you were, what creed you were. <laughs> it's, it's... Unless you were a woman. Ah, but that's different. That's different. <laughs> right. But they didn't care about any of that stuff. It was like, as long as you can hold a sword, as long as you can hold a broom in some cases. Yeah, or and a you can, Or a map. <laughs> or a parrot. Can, like you didn't even have to have all your limbs. As long as you could do something, you were, <laughs> they were welcome very diverse. You're, you're they right. Were, you're they right. genuinely they're... were. They're, they're, uh, what I'm saying is, right, other than the, the, the lack of women, right, because let's not use that as an example, but for the way that the world should be, we should look to pirates. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the lack of women thing was actually, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily just that, like, oh, you, you're a woman, you can't do it. It was that women would just distract the crew there's that i mean so, yeah, there, so that it would, that it would have been a bad idea to have there, there was a case that. of they were thinking that women would distract the crew and also with a bunch of drunken mentalists on board a boat and one woman well we can sort of see where that's going no more needs to be said but at the same time <laughs> depending on what pirate captain you spoke to that could be the example or the other example is that they were just genuinely worried because i mean this was yeah. back in the day where the i'm not saying that women weren't deemed as strong but they were genuinely worried that the women would get hurt especially if they they were doing like raids or something and it would be a case of where people would be more focused on defending the woman who was on board rather than doing their actual duties and that was just that was just a situation that no pirate captain wanted to be in um which yeah, you know i'm not saying i agree with it you know because at the end of the day that would make me look sexist i think <laughs> if you want to be a female pirate go and do it but if you get hurt don't say we didn't warn you yeah, and we know of um, cases of female pirates dressing up as men, like Anne Bonnet, um, she did that, and she actually mm -hmm. got onto a ship and became a pirate. So One of the most famous pirates ever, mm -hmm. arguably. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Did, did well for herself until she died. But, you know, as do we all. <laughs> exactly. Um, as do we all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like at that time where we all became pirates. You all know that. And then died. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then died, and then somehow came back to listen about it like twenty thousand years later. But it's fine, it's all good. Yeah, and um, you know, like I said, we, we, you know, everyone knows what pirates are. But let's just quickly do a quick introduction on pirates, and then we'll be away with some stories. So, pirates are basically thieves and criminals who sailed the open waters of the world. Um, pirates have been around for a very, very long time. Uh, we still have pirates today. They're just not as cool. Look at me! I am the podcaster now. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to do a joke of that somewhere, and I don't know why, but I've done it. So, yay, another one off the bucket list. Gosh, just a great day. <laughs> so, some of the first uh, documented pirates were from the 14th century, specifically called the Sea Peoples. Um, and also, ancient Greece had its own examples of pirates. So, pirates really do date back Yes, uh, from, from the beginning of written history. Recent history and visual history, you know, cavemen used to draw the audio on walls. History. Oh no, wait! <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> the new pirate CDs out, <laughs> featuring such favourites as R <laughs> and Ooh, <laughs> R Ooh, and Oh, it be the sea. <laughs> Uh, so pirates uh, often started out as normal sailors, um, often with the navy um, of of a certain country, and they they would quickly learn that actually stealing was the best way and the easiest way to get more money or more. I mean, it still is. I mean, every yeah. Saturday night, I'm out there buying my trades. It's the it. quickest and easiest. It's not necessarily the most morally justified, but I know, never said it was morally. No, I never, no. <laughs> I never said I had a moral bone in my body, but you know what? I do have lots of car radios. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs car radios. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> FM <Fair> and air. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes uh, people who had been captured on pirate raids by by other crews would actually then join the pirates. So they would be used as servants or slaves or whatever, or sometimes they'd be traded for, for money and, and whatever. In so and in some cases would then further go on to be some of the most prolific yeah. Yeah. pirate captains themselves. Because yeah. contrary to popular belief, pirates didn't kill people all that often. You, you think that they do from the stories that you've read, but... Mm. If they saw an able-bodied person, especially if it was someone like a doctor or someone who had a skill or something yeah, that they wouldn't normally think, they they would they would not kill them. They would bring them on board. And as, as Nick rightly said, that there, there could be some slavery involved and there could be, you know, forcing them to work. But more often, they would give them a, a salary of some sort or give them 
a share of the booty as they got, mm. um, and would include them as part of the crew. So it's... yeah, it's, it's it's easier to if someone's sort of willing and able, like you say, it's easier to just be like, right, well, you know, if you work for us, you'll get paid. Effectively. In other words, for a good own. for a good few golden years, pirates were the best employers out there. <laughs> <laughs> they had the best benefits. Like, see if you wanted a job, just go floating out in the sea for a few days, and you'd be employed within a couple of days. You'd be fine. <laughs> or you'd be dead. I-, I didn't say it was an ideal way. I said it was still, like, you know, there's this pros it and cons. It's still the best. It's, it's, it's better than implying on Indeed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what skills do you have? <laughs> Debauchery, uh, drinking, <laughs> <laughs> spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so these pirates were often at sea for months on end, and of- obviously it was difficult to uh, keep food fresh. Um, so supplies would dwindle pretty quickly, uh, and pirates would have to eat and drink almost anything they could to survive. There are even stories of certain pirates having to boil their leather satchels and eat them because they had nothing else, uh, which is which is crazy to think. You'd think any of them would like have learned to fish at that point. <laughs> Well, and this this is because I I thought that as well, and I looked it I looked it up, and it said that actually pirates didn't spend a lot of time fishing. Um, I'm trying to remember why now. Because it was boring. Yes, it's probably the best reason. <laughs> but they didn't they didn't they didn't spend a lot of time fishing, and they so this is why alcohol was so prevalent on ships. People think oh you're just pirates and they like to get drunk, but it was actually more a form of sustenance because yeah. they had nothing else. Um, and alcohol was easy to store, didn't go off, you know, uh, obviously rum, the drink of choice. I, I feel also for legal reasons that we should point out that me and Nick are in no way endorsing that you should give up food for alcohol because it's easier to store. Um, right. We're <laughs> yeah, not if you're on, in a pinch. We're, we're, <laughs> for legal reasons. We're not on a boat. We all have fridges and freezers. Please use them. Okay. Just make sure you've eaten correctly and you're not replacing your diet with rum. That's all I'm thank, going to say. Thank, thank, now, thanks to our sponsor at fridges.com. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to our sponsor, Sailor Jerry's. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, it, was, it was actually quite a brutal time spending so much time at sea. Um, there was often a lot of ways that a pirate could get killed. You've got scurvy, dysentery, killed in combat. Infection, obviously falling drowning, off the boat, hammered, <laughs> getting too hammered and falling off the boat. Yeah. A, there was a lot of uh, a lot of ways to die as a pirate. Um, but like Jay said, it was kind of a high risk, high reward deal where um, yeah. you know you could become very rich very quickly if you did the right thing. And unfortunately, most pirates—I say unfortunately, probably fortunately—most pirates uh, throughout history. Didn't pirate for very long. No, they did not. And it was it was one of those a pirate would never really remain a pirate all that long either, purely because they would make so many errors. Because what happens when someone who's had very little money for the majority of their lives suddenly gets a large amount of money? They put it in investment bonds. Well, that is what you'd think. Put it in <laughs> investment bonds, maybe buying land. No, no, these people were not smart. They would spend money as quick as they got it. Yes. So it would always create the need for more piracy because they never saved anything. <laughs> and that is a, like, there's one of the, the biggest misconceptions about pirates is that they buried their treasure. And that's why they were always skinned. No, they didn't bury their treasure. <laughs> they buried their treasure in shops. <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were just like, I don't need this diamond bracelet, but I'm buying it. <laughs> That's how pirates actually spoke, by the way. No, none of this R shit. <laughs> <laughs> they never even used the letter R. They never even used the letter R. Never. <laughs> it was just removed from their yeah. entire world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that got me, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And and like Jay rightly said, there's quite a few cases of um both ship captains and crew basically once they'd got a massive horde, you know, they'd um they'd raided a ship or or mm. some vessels or whatever, they'd go straight to the nearest town and pump all of that money into like the local bars, women, whatever they wanted, gambling, uh, whatever they wanted to do. And they'd pump the local horse too. <laughs> <laughs> 
they might if they were that way inclined. <laughs> I'm not judging. <laughs> I mean, they've been at sea for a good few days. I mean, what else are going to do? <laughs> exactly. And and the thing is, a lot of them actually lost their lives in bar fights because they were so drunk and you know yeah. uh, disorderly that actually that's how a lot of them died, rather than actually at, at sea or, or anything else. So you're right, Jay. It was a very you know very much let's get a load of money and then spank it all as quickly as we can um but such is the glory of the life of the pirate and speaking of the glory of the life of the pirate why don't you tell us about some glorious stories of the lives of pirates (laughs) i tell you what all right when i was doing my research here my my entire stick was to try and find a glorious pirate of which to tell you the tale Mm. and you know what i'm like i can never stick to the main purpose of what we're going (laughs) I have to disobey. Instead of a glorious pirate with so many amazing tales of, you know, swashbuckling and, and being the best man for the job, I found what can only be described as the moron of the seas. Um, a person who is actually quite a famous pirate, but again, famous for all the wrong reasons. And I don't mean the wrong reasons as pirates normally are, like, you know, <laughs> burned down villages or, you know, caused all this chaos and stole all this. He was just an idiot. Right. Well, many pirates were, you know, uneducated and. You know, oh, but here's right. the thing. He was. Oh, what a twist. I know. Oh, twisty, twisty. So, this is the story of Steed Bonnet, right? Now, he could be referred to as Steve, but I will be referring to him as Steed. And Bonnet is, of course, his surname because that follows his first name. Now, to what? his friends, he could have been referred to his by his friends could have referred to him as Bonnet. We do not know, Bonnet. but but he is Steed Bonnet. But he went by the moniker of the Gentleman Pirate. Oh. Now, did he wear a tuxedo? No, he wore full military garb. Oh, wait. So, did they know he was a pirate? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, right? Obviously, back then, especially back when the, when pirates were prevalent, was military garb was seen as a you know like a, a ranking official, a high sense of honor, and all that. So that yeah. is basically what a tuxedo would could possibly be in today's form. But yeah, no, sure. I, I'll I'll explain that as we go on. So this would be the tale of Steve Bonnet, right? Now he was the captain of the pirate vessel, the Revenge which did lead several successful raids on merchant ships up and down the Caribbean. So I'll give them that. And this was all during the golden age of piracy. The Revenge is a great name. Mm. For sure. Now, for the record, as I've said there, this was during the golden age of piracy. And I would feel remiss of not bringing this up because this is, again, another thing that really boiled my potatoes when <laughs> I learned this. Known of the golden age of piracy. Um, it's it's one of those phrases that comes up whenever you're looking at the pirate lore. So it's the golden age. Oh, when the pirates were this in the golden age. And then you get to it and you do some research. And you know what you realize? See the golden age of piracy? Hmm. It was less than a year. Like, we are talking nine months. Now, I will say a lot of mental pirate stories took place in that time. But I'm not sure I'd consider nine months to be an age. I don't know what I would call it, but an age seems to be a bit of an over-exaggeration. Do you not agree with me on that? No, I do. I think maybe like a golden moment. Just another golden moment. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Steve Bonnet, he was an odd sort of fella, and he came from high society with incredibly wealthy parents. This is what confuses me more than anything about this man becoming a pirate, right? So when he was but a teenage lad, he was signed up for light military duty. Now, because of his actual class in society with wealthy parents, he was instantly marked for command roles rather than frontline infantry. So, in other words, this man pretty much had it made from birth. Like, the definition of the silver spoon up your arse is is Steve Bonner, right? So... His tenure in the military didn't last, and you'll go on to find out like a lot of things that that's the case with Steve. <laughs> Anything that he does just doesn't last all that that long. Now, when uh, he eventually left the the military and he went and did some um, education, um, wasn't I'm not overly sure what he was educated in, but like at, at the time, it was always things Crochet. like to be, it was always things to become like um, a landowner or you know a, a banker of some sort. Anything to do with finances is what the education system was roughly geared towards right. back then. Now, Steve's parents passed away, and when they did, he inherited their wealth and their lands. It was, we're talking roughly four hundred acres and a mansion, um, and it was a nice looking mansion from the from the sketches that I've seen of it. Hmm. But it was in an incredibly bad way. 
as the right. years had went by, went on and his parents had gotten older and they, they couldn't really, you know, pay attention to the upkeep. Now, Steed married a woman whose main talent was, oh, how do I put this politically? Spending money and producing children. That was her two main talents. So <laughs> by the end of it, Steed had three children and a wife who spends all of the family wealth and a house that was falling to the ground. So he's still high class, but you can sense that there's a little bit of strife going on here. So sure. he's in a bit of dire straits financially. He decides to take out a loan from the bank. <laughs> Payday loans. But then he takes another. Then another. And then another. And then and then he consolidated it all into one <laughs> monthly payment. And then from that monthly payment, took out another loan in which to pay it. <laughs> well, once again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, the downfall of the common man is debt. That's the real enemy. Always will be. Now, unfortunately, he spent his money far too quickly on the house. This is what most of the money was going for. Uh, right. It was to try and fix up the house to make it livable for his family. But because he was spending it in such an erratic way and he had different teams doing different things nothing was actually being completed but right. all the money was being spent anyway on like different so he, say for example he'd buy um materials for workers but then he couldn't afford to pay the workers so he'd have <laughs> materials but then whilst he's still trying to plan that out something else would happen to the house so he now needs to get an architect who knows what to do to the and, and this is how it yeah. would go it was a constant constant cycle so this is <laughs> he was spending his money far too quickly at the end of it and with an unhappy life and an unhappy wife screaming at him that they needed more money he went to the bank once more for a loan because that seems to be his his, his spiral but mm. this time he was rejected uh his land was now deemed worthless because the amount of debt that was behind it his home was falling to the ground um and he basically went home to his wife and went yep what up shit street without a paddle that's there's nothing we can do the bank won't help us. We've got no money and we've got no income. And that started the argument to end all arguments because she went insane, questioned everything about him from the size of his wallet to the size of his nose. <laughs> 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 now, this is a wee sad point. No, not that this has been amazing for him up till this point, but not long after the final rejection from the bank, one of his sons passed away. Now, as horrible as that is, but back then, with every disease imaginable floating around, it wasn't unheard of for a child to pass away at such a young age because, sure. like, the, you know, there was no vaccines or any of that sort of stuff. And I mean, they weren't really there all that long. So they hadn't adapted to the area with their own immune systems yet. But when his son was finally buried, it was like the fine, it was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. The and final it was, nail in the coffin? Final nail in the coffin. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I was about to, but I stopped. And then you came in with your crass anyway um <laughs> i will bring this down if you won't <laughs> but this this was the the kick up the ass that steve needed for his next venture and at the funeral itself this is the thing at the actual funeral steve declared that he will no longer be shackled to trials of land but will fo go forth and claim his riches from the sea and i can only assume that when he said that a thunderous bout of laughter happened because it was such a ridiculous sounding <laughs> like, like, This guy had no naval experience. He's never broke a law in his life and he had maybe four days of training to be a commander. That's about it. <laughs> so, Steve do? Well, he decided to go home when the rest of the family wasn't there, took anything that he could of any value, <laughs> marched into town, and he sold it all for a pretty price. And I love this. His first act of piracy was against himself. <laughs> like, like so look at all this booty <laughs> I've robbed myself and I've taken it to cash converters <laughs> what do you mean this girl goblet doesn't have a hallmark on it <laughs> so now he's got I wouldn't say like a lot of money but he's got he's got considerably more than he started the day with and uh, he decided to go to a shipbuilder now he had an actual vessel commissioned to be built and wow. he, he had it specced with 10 cannons which is odd for a pirate because pirates themselves don't they they, they rarely build ships they steal yeah, them yeah i was going to say yeah you'd steal so, yeah so what would happen is a, a pirate would would somehow they they commandeer a vessel and then they would commandeer a bigger vessel which they would mm. want as their main base and then when they've they've got it and it's rightfully theirs then they would then christen it its new name of it, of it being a pirate ship. That's how it happens. They never build them. But yeah. yeah, no, he made this one and he christened it the Revenge. 
I've got to ask what what was the revenge on? Like nothing, what... <laughs> nothing. He just liked the sound of it. Now I will say there is a better boat out there, which if you know it, don't don't be spoiling it. That has the name the Revenge in it somewhere, and mm, I think I know. Just you you will know it. Now that that will come up in a bit, but keep that to yourself just in case we spoil it for the lovely lessons. Now the Revenger, you bastard. No, but Marvel's the revenge. <laughs> Marvel's the re- the revengeing. <laughs> now, with the remaining money he had left, which I can't imagine that there would be a lot of, right? He hired some crew. Take a guess how many crew members he hired. Well, if he's got ten cannons, he's going to need at least ten people to man those ten cannons. Okay. Want a chef. He's going to want like some sort of navigator, a guy to sit in that lookout post thing. I'm going to say. 20. Ooh, close, but no cigar. Uh, you weren't even remotely close. 70. Um, what? It's 71, if you want to be precise. 70? So, what? what? Right, so Why? he got 70 members of the crew and a quartermaster. So 71 in total. 72 with him being on board. With him, yeah. Now, he has literally no experience. Did he take his wife and Romanian children? Did he buggery? He ran away and stole from the house. Well, I mean, yeah, this this sounds like he was just trying to get away from, yeah. from her, really. Right. I, I mean, well, I mean, you've heard the description of her. She sounded like a right guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you've ruined the land for me. I'm going to the sea. <laughs> now, as, as I rightly stated at the start and why people laughed at him, the, he has literally no experience doing anything like this. So what he ended up doing was he gave the majority of all lead... I say majority. He gave all the leadership duties to the quartermaster. Which, of course, instantly lost him the respect of the crew because mm. he was rarely seen outside his own cabin, which isn't good. Like, sure. you know, that he's supposed to be leading this boat. Now, he also did a very, very odd thing. Pirates are known for sharing the bounty that they gather. That's the thing. So it's equal mm-hmm. shares. Everyone plunders, and it's equal shares. That's how they get rich. But Bonnet didn't do this, right? And you're thinking, well, how the hell? Did they make any money and why did they agree to go with them? What he actually did was he had every crew member sign a contract saying that they would receive a monthly salary instead of a share of the treasure. And most of them seemed happy to sign it because in their yeah, eyes... Sure. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed right? money. Yeah, yeah. But of course... So he, I mean, he sounds like the most uh, official pirate. You yeah. know. <laughs> but of course, Barnett's running skint at this point. So yeah, how the hell true. he thought this was a good idea? I have yeah, that's, no that's true. That is true. You know? So, But I will say that Bonnet himself, he wasted absolutely no time when it came to the whole living the pirate life. Instantly took to the waters and attacked every single ship they could see. Right? <laughs> they managed to plunder six separate vessels wow. within a short space of time. And they did this up and down the Caribbean coast. And it's worth noting that during every engagement, Bonnet never left his cabin once. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the crew, it was the crew that were good. It was the crew and it was yeah. the quartermaster. So the quartermaster is yeah. the one who gave the orders and the commands. And it was just basically another way of showing the incompetence as a pirate and a leader for yeah. Bonnet, really. Now, they even, and this is one of their most famous things, even fully sank a ship who attempted to flee because someone on, it was a merchant ship happened mm. to recognize Bonnet himself. Oh. And recognized... Even though he never came out of his cabin. They, it was, I, th- I think it was a case of they maybe saw him through the window or maybe he was going, oh, hello, Steve! <laughs> I said, John, you remember me from trading? <laughs> um, so they recognized him and they were like, well, we need to get back to land um, to, to warn the land that Bonnet has now become a pirate. Well... Mm. Quartermaster was like, oh, Christ, we can't have this. So they chased this merchant ship down and fully sank this boat. Like, there was no survivors, nothing. It's probably one of the worst things that they ever did. Because they weren't known for killing people. Plundering, yes. Mm. They would normally leave the the ships in terrible condition, but they very rarely would they bring on members of the crew. Like, they wouldn't bring anyone onto their crew. They would just leave a broken ship penniless, basically. But they weren't killing anybody. But Mm. this one, they went full on. Right, because if this gets reported, there's going to be an armada after us. Especially when they've just attacked six ships, all merchant, like fully stocked merchant vessels in such a short space of time. It's basically like putting the alarm bells out. Yeah, sure, yeah. With doing that, Bonnet thinks that he's the bee's knees, and they've got quite a lot of plunder now. And uh, decides to tell the, the, the quartermaster, I'd like to head to New York City Harbor. Now, bear in mind, New York City being a very different place to what it is now. Mm. 
what the plan was was to get to New York City Harbor and sell the bounties off so that they would have some money. I'd imagine so he could actually pay the crew. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> at the minute, like he's going to have to give them each like a gold cup or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, or whatever he's plundered. Well, the revenge and its escapades did not go unnoticed because, as I said, attacked six ships. On his way to New York City Harbor, they encountered a Spanish militia's man o' warship. Oh, now, no. for those of you who don't know, and have just taken my co-host's reaction to that, the Man of War is basically the powerhouse of any ocean armada fleet. It's like the tank of its day. The ships themselves were massive, weighed over 200 tons. Right? They're often described as floating fortresses with walls of cannons and mortars. These things were, a, were, were the, the kings of the sea. Now, these things would happily Happily battle five or six different ships on their own. Yet, Bonnet thought the revenge was more than a match for any pressy man of war and gave the one and only order he has given as a pirate captain oh, at this no. point. Attack. Attack. I thought it was going to be, let's have breakfast. The revenge with ten cannons, which is the revenge itself was no bigger than a schooner, decided <laughs> to attack the man of war. It's like going up to like a tank with armed with a stapler. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just throwing the stapler, hearing the dink, <laughs> hearing the dink and going, yay! So, naturally, Bonnet won the fight and sank the man of war at the bottom of the ocean. And then he woke up, realised the ship was heavily damaged, his crew were either dead or wounded, his quartermaster had lost an eye, and he himself was bleeding profusely from a wound oh. in his stomach. And to make matters worse, the man of war was giving chase to finish off the revenge. <laughs> right. Now, here is the saving grace, though. Man of wars aren't remotely fast. Their purpose is not speed. They are yeah. damage dealers. They're not chasers. Now, whilst the ship was heavily damaged, it was still considerably faster than the man of war. And it managed to escape. So the revenge survived once more to fight another day. <laughs> now, this is, there is absolutely no reason why they should have survived this. Like, I do not see. Like, the Spanish destroyed them. Yet, Bonnet was like, no, no, just turn around. Let's run away. And they made it. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, a lot of the people I talk about this seem to have some divine intervention that yeah. seems to save them all the time. Yeah. Bonnet is no different. Now, when Bonnet returned to, to land, he was broken, he was beaten. He'd lost all his crew. His quartermaster could only see from the right. <laughs> you know, he was having a bit of a bad time. Whilst he was on land recovering, he ran into a man who would essentially shape and control his life for the rest of the majority of his pirating days. And that man goes by the name of Edward Teach also known as probably the most famous pirate of all the seven seas, the captain of the Queen Anne's Revenge, Blackbeard himself. Ooh. That's right. He ran into Blackbeard. A real now, pirate celebrity. Uh, the celebrity. A mentor, if you will. Now, it's worth noting at this time, Blackbeard hadn't actually obtained the Queen Anne's Revenge. Um, he was a pirate. He did have several ships. Now, what he did manage to do was convinced Bonnet to give him command of the revenge. Right. <laughs> like, he just sat him down, fed him some rum, basically explained, look, I know what it's like to be a pirate. I know what it's like when you've got a tiny wee ship and you see a man of war and you think, you know what, boys, I'm having that. <laughs> right? And Bonnet was like, oh, finally, someone who gets it. And Blackbeard's like, I tell you what, right? I've got a small crew. You need more crew because, you know, you've messed up. Right? We'll, we'll get more people while we're here. If you give me command of the boat, it's all good. I'll show you how to be, you know, like the yeah. bee's knees of piracy. Yeah, yeah, take you under my wing. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, Bonnet did. He gave him command <laughs> and gave the boat to Well, Blackbeard. I mean, from, Bonnet, from Bonnet's point of view, he clearly doesn't really want to command anyway. Oh, no, he does. He just doesn't want the responsibility. He just wants the title more than anything. Now, it's worth noting, Bonnet's crew absolutely loved Blackbeard. They had a captain who knew what he was doing now. He had a strategy for future raids and what they were going to do. And as time went by, Bonnet essentially became a prisoner on his own ship, right? <laughs> so they would attack merchant vessels, and rather than raid and leave them behind, Blackbeard would assume control of the actual ships that they were they were raiding. He would give crew members that were already part of Bonnet's crew, who had been with him the longest, he would give them the captain status and give them the ships. Mm. With the with the law being that whilst 
you have your own ship, you follow me. Yeah. But but that was it. Blackbeard started growing like a little mini armada. Yeah, and he sure. was doing all of this from the helm of the Revenge, and Bonnet's just sitting in the back going, Yay us! <laughs> Go team with a flag! <laughs> I'm part of the pirate squad, right? I mean, to be fair, though, it's probably by the, you know, by the judgments that he's made in his life and uh, land and on sea, it does sound like that's probably the best place for him. Well, I just find it crazy <laughs> that the most incompetent pirate of all time just whilst he whilst he was on land, spilling out his guts quite literally, bumped into the most famous pirate of mm. all time. I mean, that's the chance happening. <laughs> and was like, yes, save me. <laughs> Please take the pain away. It's, it's the equivalent of handing handing the controller to your big brother. <laughs> it's, Isn't it? it really is. <laughs> so what happened was, right, so they went they went on to do several more raids, the little um the little armada was growing. The the money was growing. Blackbeard also turned around and explained to all the crew, I get that you are still on a salary. Happy for you to get that, because Bonnet's paying for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no bother. But he goes, um, all the plunder that we get, I will still be sharing it equally. Which, of course, made Bonnet go, then how the hell am I meant to pay these people a salary? Mm. I need that to sell it to then yeah, get the money to pay them a salary. Blackbeard didn't give two shits. Because Blackbeard's Blackbeard, and he's doing things his way. As long as he's getting paid and he's getting an army, it's fine. Now, one night, they came across what could only be described as a gigantic mammoth of a ship, weighing 200 tons, about the size of a man of war, filled to the brim with cannons, but it wasn't a military vessel. Hmm. It was a merchant ship, but it was like the high VIP merchant ship. Now, it was called the Concorde. Now, what was happening was they were dis- uh, they were uh, delivering, I believe it was uh, wine and spices, very high value items um, up and down the Caribbean, hence the size of it, because it had to make several stops. Right. Now, they came across it at night. Now, with his little mini armada of ships and helming the revenge, they attacked it. But Blackbeard gave full discretion to everyone. I want the crew dead. I do not want the ship damaged. So what they ended up doing was they went for um they went for the back rudders just to sort of immobilize Disable the ship. It, yeah, sure. Yep. And then made sure to board the ship. And they did mm-hmm. and they went on. Now there is no official record of of them ever actually killing anyone, but from what I understand, they got the crew, got them together, put them on the lifeboats or the equivalent of lifeboats back then. Um and set them off. The ship was right. theirs and they won it. Now right. this is a hell of a ship and they got their best builders to come onto the ship and fix it within two days so it was now seaworthy again blackbeard loving the ship and loving the things turned around and went from this day forth i named this ship the queen anne's revenge and it was very clearly he's called it the queen anne. like he's put revenge in there yeah <laughs> to steal that from bonnet he's like <laughs> yours is the revenge Mines is the Queen Anne's revenge, and it's <laughs> nine million times the size of yeah, the size of up. yours. So the Queen's Anne's revenge, the naming of that ship was basically a power move, <laughs> turning around <laughs> upon it and going, "Mine's bigger than you." Yeah. <laughs> now, I just find that that is absolutely hysterical. Now he's taken the Queen Anne's revenge, and he's now got the most famous pirate boat of uh, pirate ship, sorry, in history. What he does is he gives the rain back to Bonnet under one condition. Uh-oh. He doesn't actually become the commander of the ship. He gives right. it to one of his new first mates, because apparently he had multiple first mates. I thought the whole point of a first mate was to have one of them, but apparently there was loads of them. Well, I guess if every time you take a new ship, you needed one for each ship. So mm. maybe he'd sort of just built up a load. So he gave the ship to Bonnet. Hmm. In, in nothing but words, but basically sure. turned around to this guy and went, actually, you run it. Yeah. And Bonnet, once again, was just sitting there going, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> just happy to be on the team. <laughs> but this is what I think. I just think it's so odd to think that the most useless pirate in history was so heavily involved in the story of Blackbeards to the point when yeah. like, even the name Queen Anne's Revenge it is the most famous pirate ship ever. And it is even the name of it was inspired because of this tit. 
<laughs> you know, it's like it's like the most famous pirate in history, and you you somehow wouldn't have got to that point if it yeah, wasn't for the bit. most inept pirate in history. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah, you got to wonder what would Blackbeard have been. And, and let's and let's face it. When I'm saying inept, inept pirate in history, I'm not talking the ineptitude and incompetence of Jack Sparrow style in the movies, where it's all funny, laddie da. But he's actually at heart a decent pirate. He's just a bit wacky. This guy is an idiot. He's got no business being. A There's pirate. no reason this man should be a pirate. But he he is now like when when and here's the funny thing. When I've read stories about Blackbeard. And stuff, and, and 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 you know, I've read the story about how he claimed the ship, and you know, he's had uh, a little armada and all that stuff. So very rarely do they me- do they do they mention Steve Bonnet. Well, yeah, I guess I guess we'll never know if he'd been able to accomplish these things without without Bonnet. Oh, I know. I I, I went back. I went back. I checked. I did the Doctor Strange thing. I went through all the variables. Oh, I see. All uh, the, the, this yeah. is the only way he would have got the Queen's Anthem. <laughs> it was you know one in a million. Now, I would say this: I could go so much farther with Bonnet and his adventures of stupidity because I'll tell you, there are hundreds more. But for time's sake, I'm going to wrap it up. All I'm doing is essentially cutting to the end at this point, but I've told you the meat and potatoes. There's, you're saying that there's more things that he did that are noteworthy, but we haven't, we haven't got time. <laughs> I'd like to say it was, it was noteworthy, but again, it's yeah. more cases of divine intervention. Right, okay. It was a case of being captured somehow getting free do you remember that um that scene in pirates of the caribbean where um jack sparrow is in a cell and it's the prisoners are in the cell next to him and they're all due to get hung and then all of a sudden a cannonball comes in through the wall Mm. and all the prisoners escape yeah that Mm. happened to bonnet oh really maybe that's Mm. where they got it so Bonnet just crawled out a hole that was suddenly made one day and just went i'm free and ran away and then (laughs) somehow found the revenge and went off with it again now, as I said, there's so much divine intervention, but I just don't have the time. Now, it'll be of no surprise to anybody that Blackbeard eventually fully turned on Bonnet. Now, I, it's not because of a power struggle or because Bonnet was particularly wealthy. I just like to think he couldn't deal with the incompetence any further. Yeah, right? yeah, he, yeah. Just, he, he just had it he, up to here. He probably, he probably made his crew look bad, you know what I mean? Oh. Like... So he sacked the revenge. He left it for dead on a beach. He killed. Uh, he was he was killing crew members that he didn't deem worthy. Um, he took the crew that were worthy, and of course he robbed it blind. He took everything mm. of of value and took it. And, and in other words, Blackbeard's a dick. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And and I know, I know. This entire story has painted him to be nothing but respectful. I thought he was <laughs> meant to be respectful, but I I can say this for sure: it's not the imagery I want of a pirate at all. That's hardly the theme we want for Long John Silvers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good man, good man. He knew where I was going with that. No. Bonnet eventually went back to lion, uh, back to land. Right, he was alive, but broken. He was captured because obviously he was a pirate who hung about with the most prolific pirate of all time. <laughs> and he was captured and he was put on trial for crimes of piracy. Sure. Oddly enough, now I'd like to say there is a happy ending for Bonnet, but there there really isn't. Well, as we said in the beginning, there there really is for pirates. No, he gets given a death sentence, but. Oddly enough, this death sentence was delayed seven times. I mean, that's divine intervention. Divine intervention. But because the more more episodes we do, the more I believe in God. (laughs) That's such a that is such a good point. But here's the thing: even given every chance under the sun, his incompetence shines through. (laughs) Right. So basically, hang himself, did he? They kept giving him right. They kept delaying it and basically saying, if you can provide more info on Teach himself or anything, you know, anything to just make us go a little bit easier on you. Right. right? And they gave him every chance. So this was his counter offer. And it brings me nothing but great joy to read this sentence to you. So he wrote a letter to the governing body of Barbados, right? And he explained, I have been a bad man. (laughs) <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I have been a bad man, a rebel, a pirate. Yet I promise not to do it again. <laughs> to sh- to show this, I will vouch that my arms and legs be detached from my body to ensure my resolve and promise to my country. What? He was killed. <laughs> no, but he wanted his arms and legs detached. Mm-mm. As like he a don't kill them. me. He wanted them 
to maim him so he could no longer be a pirate. Now, funnily enough, one thing that I've learned about pirates is that see, no having limbs doesn't necessarily stop you being a pirate. Well, I'd say having not any of your limbs probably makes stops you from being a pirate. <laughs> Set them in the crow's nest, prop up a telescope. Absolutely it's fine. Just, I mean, it's just I could just imagine him sitting in a wheelchair, like, Arr, let's be having you, you know, like, with the, like they gave him a pistol and a sword, but it's just sat there because he can't do anything. With it. It's just for intimidation. Just, They've just yeah. sellotaped it to his stump so he can wave it every now and then. The most diverse pirates in the world. Uh, <laughs> After that letter, he was killed. They basically just looked at this letter and went, do you know what? There's nothing. Screw, yeah. his, screw, screw his history. Screw his class. Screw who his parents was. Take his land. Kill him. Just kill him. And that was it. I mean, he he was definitely, not to use a pun, a fish out of water. Like oh, he, should, oh, he had certainly. no business being a pirate, and he should never have done that. That is true. And so Steve Bonnet went into legend. The man... The myth, the the pirate, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, the guy who found a boat for Blackbeard, basically. <laughs> like, like, that is that is his most noticeable notable accomplishment. It just goes to show you, like, pay attention in school because you don't want to have to become a shit pirate. <laughs> is that is that not the most like you know? It's like it, it's the the whole concept of that thing that they say in Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's the guy going, you must be the worst pirate I've ever seen, but you've yeah. never heard of me. And it's like it's like that. But Bonnet would probably, instead of saying something cool like, but you have heard of me, it'd probably go, thanks! <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he it, it probably, like, you know, just elbow his quartermaster and go, yeah, did you hear him? He called me a pirate. <laughs> I'll be in my cabin. <laughs> what do you make of that? Like seriously, oh, you... I I think yeah, like they it just it's just a a real story of incompetence, isn't it? You know, it, it's just I, at every it, step he's done the wrong thing. He's not done what he should have. He's not he's he seemingly didn't plan anything very well. Like when you were talking about him having his uh his mansion repaired, he obviously didn't think any of it through, you know, or plan I it. I think it. what what he was hoping was that the more money that he put into it, the more people would do the planning for him. Sure. Um, and obviously, that's just not the way it goes because all these people are on the clock, or you know, their version of on the clock about that. Everything was a lot more expensive than he ever assumed it would be. And mm. the, you know, like I said, he had a silver spoon up his arse for the majority of his life. I'm pretty sure he he didn't know how much any of these things would cost. He no. had no. Like he he went into education for financial backgrounds, but he wasn't in it long. Very much like he wasn't in the military long. He never learned anything. So when his parents essentially died and he was left with all this this wealth and these lands, he had no idea what to do with it. That thing that I was saying to you before about what happens when someone who's got who's had very little money all their life suddenly has a large amount of it and they're not prepared for it. He is the prime example of this because he was just spending it right left right and center. And and also, is it like you know when like rich kids inherit their parents' fortune and they just spank it and then they're like shit, I, like they don't know how to, you know, they yeah. don't really like yeah, they're supposed to be educated and they're supposed to be money smart or whatever, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it. They think they just have in their mind, oh, I'm rich, so I can keep spending. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is it is it that that he just thought he had you know infinite, or he thought he had more money than he did? He clearly had more money than he had sense, and he just spent it all. On this boat, you know, which which he was not qualified and shouldn't have been on to use. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's a bad example for pirates all over the place. Yeah, I, I like the idea that, like, if like if you're ever a pirate, even even in modern day, and say like your your boat sprung a leak or something, mm. and and you went and told the captain that the boat, and he's like, oh, sorry, we pulled a bonnet again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but I just I, I I as much as I think that the man. Is completely incompetent, absolute moron, should never, ever have been in command of anyone, ever. No. You still wouldn't have the Blackbeard story without him. And I I, I never realised until really connecting the dots and researching both just how true that is. Mm. And and like if you read I don't mean just like reading like the the daft wee tales or the 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 children's versions or the the movie adaptions of Blackbeard. I mean, if you read the actual tale of when he blocked off the port and the sheer defiance he did, because as much as he had a lot of boats and he had the Queen's and Revenge, 
he was it, it was like like nine ships versus a hundred. Yeah. And Blackbeard didn't give a shit and he still <laughs> held them off. And and you're thinking now that that's a story of a rebel. That is a pirate. Yeah. And then you suddenly think that none of that would have happened if it wasn't for this little moron who stole <laughs> all his possessions to build a boat. Well, I mean, history is made up of all sorts, you know. I know, I know, and and that is a fact that is never lost on me. Um, <laughs> but I just can't believe how ingrained this man actually is in pirate history. In pirate history and, yeah. and he had so many good ideas as well, like the whole, you know, have them like pay them a salary rather than like the shares of the that bounty and all wasn't that sort of a stuff. Good idea. No, no, hindsight. but <laughs> I, I'm thinking that if someone had done it, who was competent. Sure, if Blackbeard had done it. If Blackbeard had done it, it yeah. would have been great. And, you know, they would have probably gone on to start a, a line of cruise ships and left the piracy <laughs> behind. But the but Queen's Anne's revenge is revenge, revenge. <laughs> exactly. But it, it's it's all those sort of things. And uh well, what what actually happened, well, you know the story. And there and as I said, there is so much I had to cut out of yeah. of, of of things that this man did. And I, I just like that. When they kept trying to tell him, come on, give us some info. Any any info at all. I know, I'll make an offer. You can have my arms and legs. <laughs> I mean, that is just ridiculous. Because surely as well, I, you know, medical uh, science and, and medical background wasn't wasn't great in those days anyway. He probably would have just bled to death anyway. Yeah, old Stumpy <laughs> Stee just sat there <laughs> bleeding away on the deck. On the poop uh... deck. <laughs> But as I said, that is that is the story of the gentleman pirate. More 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 gentleman than pirate. Too gentlemanly to be a pirate. Too piratey to be a gentleman. Too moron to be anything else. Yeah. But uh, but no. So uh, I would like to pass the, the 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 helm on to you, good sir. So I'm going to tell you the story of the treasure of Tortuga. Treasure of Tortuga. I think that's how you pronounce it. Tortuga? Uh, Tortuga? I, be I believe the word is treasure. Yes, you said that right. <laughs> the? So, just off the northwest coast of the Caribbean island of Hispaniola... Yeah, I see, that is... sounds nothing like Tortuga. <laughs> which is... Okay. <laughs> which is now divided into the two countries of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. There lies a small rocky island, which from a distance looks like a giant tortoise rising above the surface of the sea. And the Spaniards named it Tortuga because it mean that means tortoise. I actually didn't know that. That's that's quite that's quite interesting. I never realized that that's why it was called that. Yeah. So during the summer of 1713, five notorious pirate captains all met on this island and made a pact, an agreement to not attack each other. Okay. As a gesture of good faith, they each took a bag of pers personal treasure. And the treasure was to be buried on the island. And mm -hmm. in the event that any of these pirates were killed, their treasure would be dug up and divided among the surviving pirates. Okay. It's quite a cool idea, actually. Well, kind of like a Deadpool, really. Yeah, but it's it's still it's a, just, it's a cool idea, especially when you equate it to pirates. That is... Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so each, each of these captains buried their treasure in an individual plot, and mm -hmm. they drew up a map which showed where these treasures were buried. They made five copies of the map. And, and then they cut them... up the maps and then buried the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they, they made five copies and each of these captains got a copy. However, within two years of this meeting, all five pirates were dead. So they'd either been killed in action or taken by the authorities and executed. Standard life of a pirate, really. Christ, yeah, was, one of, I mean, was one of them Bonnet? Was he the? Was he the uh, first? Could have, could have been. It sound, it sounds like the sort of deal Bonnet would make. <laughs> <laughs> and then he agreed to be. That, that's that's why he didn't want to be killed, but he wanted all his limbs gone because he could still have the treasure that way. Knowing Bonnet, they, if it was Bonnet, they would have convinced him. It's like right, so you can only claim your share once you die. And he, he'd be yeah, like, like oh, yeah, ex excellent lads. I hope I'm the first to go. <laughs> Well, that would explain that would explain you know more why he was so inept. He was just trying to die. <laughs> so there were many rumors about this meeting, uh, but no one knew exactly where the treasure was or exactly what had happened to the maps. And it just the story was just you know consigned to myth and legend. Mm. Fast forward then to 
one day in June in 1926, so a long time after. This is well beyond the golden age of piracy. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like a decade this later. Is, this is like when piracy came back into fashion. Because <laughs> the, so the, the golden age was 1717 to 1718, I think. Um, so, yeah, that is yeah nearly a decade afterwards. That. Uh, in 1926, a young boy and who was the son of a merchant seaman, he found an old leather wallet uh, near a beach where he lived in Cornwall, so Cornwall, <laughs> England which we all know is a lovely place, as we discussed in one of our previous episodes. Great pasties. <laughs> Upon opening this wallet, he discovered two pieces of parchment. One of them carried a roughly drawn map, and the other was some strange instructions. Oh, I hope this is an elaborate practical joke. This, is, this, <laughs> sounds, this sounds amazing. <laughs> he, he took the package to his father, who mm-hmm. recognised the map of being the island of Tortuga, mm-hmm. uh, and he had heard of the old legends of the five pirate captains, and he thought, oh my god, we've got the directions to this buried treasure. He took the he took the maps to the uh, uh, authorities who verified the age and validity of the papers to be of that, roughly of that time uh, of, of 1713. And they then mounted an expedition. So they went all the way to Tortuga. They found, they got the map. This map led them to five stepping stones that crossed a small river which had long since dried up. Mm-hmm. The stepping stones were still in place, so they were like, great, this is, you know, everything's here. And I just love I just, just love the idea that they've just come all the way from Cornwall. From like, yeah, just yeah. A, for a, a holiday. Hop, a, a hop, skip and a jump from Cornwall to Tortuga. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in 1926 it would have been slightly easier than it would have been, you know, in the like, slightly, slightly easier. Uh, it's just like, I suppose, still, yeah. still a couple of weeks, probably. Yeah, it's, it's, just, like, it's just a bit easier, but not, not too much. Um, so the, the standing stones were still there, and they were like, great, we're going to find some, some treasure here. So... They lifted the first one, and sure enough, there was an old leather satchel. Oh, what was that? And what was in it? A bag of gold doubloons. Perfect. Pirate treasure. No way! Yep. Okay. Okay, this is getting good. So they were like, brilliant, this is great. You know, um, they didn't say exactly what the value of this was, but obviously, you know, it was going to be a fair amount, especially when you consider the fact that this is... You know, historical treasure. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be worth more than just you know finding some money on the beach or whatever. Oh god, yeah, definitely. They then started to lift the other stones and opened up all the other satchels. And what did they find? They were all empty. Of course, only one pirate was made made good on the deal, and the rest of them were all faking it. Completely. They, of course. they put oh, nothing course. in their satchels. Let me guess. Bonnet was the only yeah. one. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> he probably put like double in as well, just as like just to be sure, just to be sure. <laughs> you just you just know as well, like if it is Bonnet. It probably is not, because at this point he's probably stumpy. But if it was, right? I like the idea that all of the other pirates were maybe hiding behind a tree <laughs> when he was there, <laughs> and they're all giggling to themselves profusely, going, Look at that moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This will this will get him good, boys. This will get him good. So, I mean, you you could argue that potentially someone came and dug up the satchels and took the took the doubloons and then put it back, but that's probably unlikely. But why why would they do that and then leave a bag of treasure? That's yeah, exactly. Prepared. You 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 think they just wouldn't you know put anything in the first place? But it yeah. just it just goes to show you that you know pirates weren't great people. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, they were they were all untrustworthy. Look at what happened with Blackbeard. He turned on his you know his friend. Um, and these guys turned on each other before they'd even agreed to not turn on each other. So <laughs> just a, a little tale there of how how untrustworthy pirates could be. I think we should do the same. What, uh, uh, as in not put money in? Or <laughs> No, no, I th- no, 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 I, I trust you. Um, I think we should just pick a bit of the UK and just like... How about my up. house? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know your game. I you're a your clever game. one. You. I think we should just meet up on a beach on the coast. <laughs> I just feel like I have a fiver here. <laughs> you know, like, 
another fiver, but mine will be a Scottish one, so we know which one. Yeah, mine will be like a right. out of date one from like the eighties yeah, or something. Exactly. And we uh, wait, what? <laughs> like, you're already trying to screw me. And then <laughs> and then the one who survives the impending apocalypse will come back and claim that ten pounds. <laughs> and be rich. <laughs> Sounds like a lot the... of work, you know. I, I mean, mean I, it, I might I might just let it. you have it. Thinking about thinking about that, it probably cost more than a fiver to get to, to the get beach. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just all I was trying to do was come up with a memory to enrich our lives, Nick. That was that was all. That was all. And then, Screw and me then, for trying. And then have us spend the next twenty years trying to kill each other. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, we do that for free anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need incentive. There's enough for <laughs> the one hit I would do solely for joy and not for money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, just like I say, just a little tale there. I didn't want to go too in depth. Um, a lot of a lot of like as we've sort of pertained to earlier, a lot of when you're researching the stories of pirates and you imagine you know the the one-eyed and missing leg and his swashbuckling adventures, a lot of it unfortunately just isn't isn't yeah quite like that or a lot like of a all. lot of our interpretations of like pirates do come from what hollywood has made it seem sure. and, yeah. and in large part disney as well um damn disney, disney damn disney's always involved in some but like that is where we get this idea from of like treasure maps and of course of the of course there's this treasure island the story yeah. The, yeah. The, the muppets was, treasure island obviously. muppets treasure that's of course that's big the, influence that's <laughs> like if, if we didn't have them muppets we wouldn't have pirates no but it's like that's where we get these these ideas uh from but this is a genuine actual pirate story that has buried treasure it has a map the only thing that I, that i don't recall you saying but you might have uh, and I just missed it. Was the X marks the spot like that? Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure the X did. You know, you know I'm sure the map and, was and it's like, in but, such a but, way. <laughs> but it's like like Indiana Jones says it in one of the films. There's never a treasure map. X never ma- maps the, yeah. uh, marks the spot. And I always remember that. Uh, and yeah. I'm just thinking, this is a genuine pirate story that has all of that. And I can't believe I never knew that. That's such an interesting. I, I'm actually quite excited. I know this happened a long, long time ago. I know that treasure's done, but sure. there, there is so like the the biggest haul of pirate treasure that's ever been found wasn't a buried treasure. Was it, it the ship? It was uh, the ship. The, ship. Yeah, yeah, um, it was the ship that they came across. Um, that had, I want to say something like Santa Maria or something. So, like something that. like that. Yeah, like it that. was. Yeah, it, it's it's sunk, and they just happened to know the coordinates thereabouts mm. of where the ship would be, and. And okay, it was the largest pirate bounty ever, but that was literally the boat sank, and it yeah, sank because yeah. they hadn't spent anything to reinforce the boat, and the weather was bad. So it's not some grand tale of you know it was an epic battle and it sunk, or or it was a case of you know they were they were sinking the ship to hide the bounty. They just it was again pirate incompetence. You've got to imagine how much treasure there is at the bottom of the sea. But you think there's there's like all these stories about like pirate treasure, like Oak Island, the, the yeah. money pile oh, yeah. of Oak Island. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, the only thing that's ever came out of Oak Island is an eight season TV show, and they're still not closer to <laughs> the treasure. They, they they found they found a tablet at one stage, didn't they? Um, which had an inscription on it. Um, it was worth and... eight, eight seasons, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think they ever found anything. I mean, I'm sure if, I think they found little bits and obviously. My, my point being there is there was more money put into Oak oh, Island God, than there yeah. was that's come out of it. They spent millions. It's and not... it's and it's such a disappointment because you mm. always like the idea of finding a treasure trove of a pirate, like you know, like the way that they do in films where you they, they come across a cave that's just filled yeah. with, with the booty and yeah. all this stuff that they were storing. That it, it's it's just so unlikely that that'll ever happen because sure. of the way pirates actually were. So this this story sort of goes against well, the, yeah, and and, the norm. and again, this this is a this is you know this is one of those tales told down from generations, and like it says that things get. Uh, lost to time and and become myth. So we don't we don't know how much of this is really true, um, mm. or, or or what bits they've taken liberties with. So we've got to take it all with a grain of salt, mm. which is exactly what we do here. Oh yeah, we're 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 very um very strict when it comes to that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I think I've said all I can about pirates. Maybe another yar or two, but that would be it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> hey, bless <that's>, you. <laughs> thanks. Sorry, I had some sort of creature 
Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no. Uh, this is, uh, I think, to be honest with you, we've uh, we've spent a lot more time on pirates than I assumed. This is the golden age of pirate podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fleeting <laughs> very oh, quickly. Yes. Oh yes, but uh, I hope that we were able to engage you with some tales of the sea. Yeah, and um, tales of Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to go we should do an episode from Cornwall one time and we can eat a pasty and we can tell tales I'm going to tell you this right now I hate that idea and it's never going to happen um... <laughs> but, you'll, but you'll go You'll go if we need to put a tenner in the beach <laughs> that that would create a beautiful moment and, and we could film it and you know it would be it, you know our, our listeners could share in with that but you're you're already planning on screwing me over so quite frankly I'm having second thoughts on that idea Mostly just because of your candor and the way you've handled this. <laughs> well, I like, I like the idea that other than that, it was a foolproof plan. Other than that, though, <laughs> it was perfect. And I sense that at least over 30 Instagram likes. At least. Yeah. That's Speaking of like. Instagram, Jay, where can the lovely people find us? Oh, that would be at the Salty Speculation. And we're on Instagram. And we've hit 700, baby! Yeah! We're 700 of you lovely people who have found I'm still waiting for cake. Ah, oh, we'll get cake for good. Yeah. Could someone, please, anyone, just send <laughs> them a send them a slice. <laughs> Every time we hit a milestone on social media, this man wants a cake, and it kills me that I can't get him a cake. I mean, I can. I just choose not. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get cake for milestones, then what's the point in a milestone? It's a good point, actually. It's a very good point. Yeah. Someone send him a cake just to shut him up. But we also have a Twitter. Um, that doesn't deserve cake. And that is also at the Salty Speculation. Uh, you can find us on there. We basically post episode links as they go up if you don't know the link already, which would be weird because you're already listening to us on Spotify and Apple and Breaker and Google Podcasts. All of those amazing podcast platforms. Give us a little cheeky review on Apple. We love reading those. Absolutely adore reading those. Yeah, yeah we've had some good feedback on Apple. But if you don't want to make your review public and you want to review us anyway, you can send us a lovely email to this address. Nick, take it away. The salty speculation at gmail.com. He said it in paragraph. Oh, we should make it org just for that. And then change it back next week. One throwaway joke. So thanks very much for listening to us this week, guys. And if you want some more buried treasure, then listen to us next week at the Salty Speculation. I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs>